0: Ugh, this is so boring. What else is on? Everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons, an animation podcast for Geeky Girl Experience. I'm Hope Molinax, and I make my friend Chris Honeywell watch all my favorite animated shows. In this episode, when Mabel befriends a cute merman trapped in the public pool, she's determined to return him to the ocean, even though that means her whirlwind romance will come to an end. We're talking about Groudy Falls the in this week. How are you doing, Chris?
1: Not bad, not bad.
0: Yeah, I'm doing pretty good all- today, too, you know, <laughs> different days, same bullshit.
1: <laughs> oh, overcast and damp today, a little bit of rain from the...
0: Oh, yeah, east, east.
1: Yeah, we're just getting little bits of it. Nothing yeah, you're a
0: little bit too excited. far over.
1: Uh, I was out riding my bike around today. I went, we to, I went get... to the bank, and then I was just like, I think I'm just going to go ride around. Took a big circle through the city.
0: All we got was the heat and humidity. Thanks, hey. I always look forward to hurricane season, though, because I, my <laughs> my mom always joked that if I could not make it as a writer, I should be a meteorologist because I've always been fascinated with weather. So whenever like it's hurricane stuff, I'm just like, yes, late night weather channel. That's not the stupid TV shows. I get to see Jim Cantor's beautiful self standing in the rain. Hell yeah. <laughs> Dude, they stand in the rain, and it's gorgeous. Like, Jim Cantore was, like, in, like, a squat position for, like, 15 minutes, like, in the rain last night. I was like, yes. And then they went to Mike Bennett, and, and he was just, like, drenched. And I was like, yes. Show me the ladies. And then all the ladies were drenched. And I was like, yes, Weather Channel. <laughs> I realized I'm a thirsty 65-year-old woman. <laughs> i i told this story to like a friend of mine well I was, actually no it was a co-worker about how like i love hurricane season because it's just hot people standing in the rain and i apparently went into a lot of details and it was my co-worker jesse and finally he looks at me and goes you have a weatherman kink don't you and i was like i guess i do
1: <laughs> i don't think that's that unusual though I, th- I think more people are into the weather channel than people think i mean it's I mean- still here It's still here after 30 years.
0: I mean, have you seen Jim channel? Jim Cantori is an ex-bodybuilder. He's
1: hot. I've watched cable TV in a decade. I haven't seen the Weather Channel in I can't tell you how long.
0: Jim Cantor is an ex-bodybuilder. Like, when he's just doing normal, like, um, like, morning show, like, he's about to burst through those button-up shirts, and I'm just like, uh
1: Other (laughs) channel knows where their bread's buttered.
0: Yeah, I'm just like, do they purposely give him really tight button-up shirts on the morning show? Yeah,
1: probably. Yeah, they probably get letters about it, yeah. My God. Oh, Oh, I saw one of your fans today. One or of my fans. One of your fans' cards. Yeah, I saw a bumper sticker. It was a square bumper sticker with the with the word hope on it. The top of it was H-O and then the bottom was P-E. And the O was a rebel symbol.
0: Aw, I've seen those stickers.
1: I like, think that's, that's a Star funny. Wars fan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it but it said hope on it. So I was just like, oh, hey, look, Star Wars, hope.
0: Well, you ready to get into the deep end?
1: I am. Did you like this one? I did. I, not one of my favorite ones but it was really? it was it was fun i think this is one of the better written episodes it was well written it, it wasn't one of the funnier ones it wasn't unfunny but it, it was really closer to just sort of like a day at the pool but it has a gravity falls storyline to it but it was very it was it was different
0: yeah, this one, and, and I'm about to talk about this, this one is one of the very few episodes that had a guest writer and no writing credits for Alex Hirsch. And I think that's one of the reasons why it feels so different. But I, I think this is probably, so far in what we've seen, is the best episode to mix all the A, B, and C plots together. Because they're all just blended so well. Because It's almost a bottle episode. Like There are a couple yeah. other locations, but almost the entire thing takes place at the pool. But you still have like the the Mabel plot and the Dipper plot, and they collide. But then Stan and Seuss's plots are coming to Dipper's plots, but are not like super affecting it. I, I thought it was a really good job at mixing.
1: Yeah, no, every, all everybody sort of everybody sort of had their own little story around the pool, and that's how it works in little towns like that. That's how it worked in our little town. When you had the, all the kid drama would go on in the winter at the quote unquote ice skating rink, which was the baseball diamond in the in the park next to like the cl- they called it the clubhouse. It was just like a, a building that you know they stored all the sports equipment and stuff in. All the kids from school and town were that was the only thing to do at that time. You know that yeah. was social. And in the suburbs, it was pools. We didn't. Well, do, we had a few pools, so there were different pools that you could go to. So it wasn't quite like as good as good a plot pool as the Gravity Falls pool, which is like the whole town.
0: Well, you ready to get into this? Yes. <clears throat> the Deep End is the 15th episode of Gravity Falls, and it aired on March 15th, 2013. Is written by Nancy Cohen, who has a long uh, history as c- series writers and directors for shows like Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, and it was directed by Aaron Springer and Joe Pitt. The storyboard artists were David Demo and Eric Fountain. Some extra information for you: Mermando is voiced by series writer Matt Chapman. Mr. Pulchek is voiced by series writer Michael Rianda. In another adventure of Disney censors, the original script had Stan say. Blind the the child, rather than burn the child. When reflecting the light into Gideon's face, this was changed because blind the child was
1: deemed too graphic. Okay. (laughs) I thought you would like that one. Like the apples and oranges, but okay.
0: I know, like, I was just like, "Mm hmm Disney censors are weird, man. And uh, and finally, when Mabel is receiving messages in a bottle from Romando, one of the bottles is labeled Labam, which is her name backwards. And the reason I brought that up is there's this whole, like, fandom sec where there's an alternate universe version of Mabel in some fandom circles who is named Labam, and she's, like, the evil alternative. Like, this doesn't happen in the show. This is, like, a fandom AU thing. Um, There's actually a lot of AUs to Gravity Falls. There's, like, Monster Falls where they're all where they're the monsters and like the monsters are the humans and like they're the ones terrorizing them. There's oh what is it? I think it's called Al- Alternative Falls where Mabel and Dipper are the Gideon and Pacifica characters and Gideon and Pacifica are the good guys and it's an alternate universe. So like they're using the mystery shack as ploys to like take over the town. Like there's a lot of Gravity Falls AUs that are just Crazy and fun, and just spin in all sorts of directions. (laughs) So, the the fandom of Gravity Falls is very creative and also very scary at
1: times. (laughs) Uh, uh, Well, that's just fandom in general. Fandom's always going to have somebody who takes it a little too far or whatever, you know. I mean, it's, but like, yeah, Gravity Falls, of course, it's going to attract creative people. Pine
0: Cest is a real thing in the fandom.
1: What Cest?
0: Pine Cest.
1: Pines, uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, uh, like yeah, yeah
0: those,
1: no. the, the, yeah, those people might be the FBI. <laughs> I,
0: I just like the, the what
1: are you? Oh, oh, what, about, oh, <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> Your reaction is the best. Yeah, I don't like pines, as I stay far away from that. I'm just like through what like, There's also a weird part of this sec of like fandom, which is like, because this is like a mystery, crazy things, where people just write super graphic, gory fanfiction. And I'm just like, no, that is not Gravity Falls. No, just very fun fanfics. (laughs) Stay away. So yeah, the, the Gravity Falls fandom was both incredibly creative and also very scary in its prime. Well, as always, Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons is broken into several parts. Part one will be stories, themes, and characters. Part two will be reading from Dipper's journal. Part three will be Chris's speculation and theories corner. And part four will be the cipher corner and connections to previous episodes. So, Chris, what was your favorite part of the episode?
1: I liked just a little gag of, of Mabel coming up from the... the bot. Well, it was sort of a running gag about how long she can hold her breath. She come, comes out and coughs up a Band-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> it's just totally something you would find At the bottom of a pool too But it's just a nice little gross joke The name Mermando is right up there With Manator as just Hilarious name It's, that, it's
0: Merman you know, With the, the at the Spa- end the,
1: Spanish, the, the, the Latin lover Manator would of course Be named Mermando And I love Drunkle Stan's Fez With the fish Pac-Man on it Slash Pac-Man eating a little dot.
0: That's the new design, yeah, that switched over uh, last episode as his new Fez, so... I
1: noticed it this time. Yep. But that's when I got my
0: favorite stuff. My favorite part was just kind of a running gag with Seuss, which is... The inflatable pool duck revolution is at hand! Inflatable ducks unite! <laughs> and just Seuss freeing pool ducks. I just love it. It makes me laugh the entire time, every time. I just love... Seuss's concern over these pool ducks and he's just like be free <laughs> I I think I've done that with like imaginary objects when I was too. i I'd just be like you're free now <laughs> I, I just I love that storyline I think it's so funny kind of like a sub thing too is everything about Mr. Poolcheck <laughs> So, I kind of have just kind of... I don't have my notes really organized. I have kind of the overall story notes. I have some stuff about Mermando. And it's just kind of random stuff. Because, to me, this episode is just more of a great continuation of things that have already come so far. But it just continues to build it. But, what I as I was saying earlier, what I think this episode does so well is it really meshes all the plots together, even to the point where... We're seeing, like, Stan come into Dipper's plot, and then he leaves, and Seuss is in Dipper's plot, and then we see Dipper and Mabel's plots, like, colliding with each other, but it's all, it's all blended so well that, and just, like, little moments where, like, Dipper's confronting Mabel at the pool at night, and he's like, what, is everyone breaking in? Is Seuss here, too? And then Seuss just falls over the fence, he's like, go home, Seuss, he's like, okay, (laughs) and it just doesn't, and keeps on going, and that's what I think. Really, the strength of this episode is—is is it does one of the best jobs at blending the A, B, and C plots all together in a single episode.
1: It's like one of those one long night movies, like American Graffiti, or what was a what was a more modern one about House? Was it there? Was not House Party with McLovin in it? You know the movie I'm talking about.
0: Absolutely not.
1: Uh, uh, you know, one <laughs> of those one of those movies where it's just sort of like a day at this place where a bunch of people gathered car wash was one of them you know my brain just How... went to
0: cloverfield where it just takes place over what? a single night of a monster attack
1: <laughs> yeah that's that's sort. it's sort of like that that is a one crazy night video to movie too i guess you're right yeah but it's, it's usually that's... usually it's more oddball and wacky than that featuring quirky characters and stuff Cloverfield doesn't have a lot of like overlapping plots that are sort of the this this is this is very American graffiti. It just sort of flows through the day and the night and then ends. Everybody gets their, their little their little arc. And it has that feeling of summer, you know, it has that summery feel. Yeah. Mr. Poolcheck is hilarious. Let's he's a total John Poolcheck. he's a John Chris Felucci character, the guy who did Red and Stimpy, basically. His profile is almost ex- and, and voice and his mannerisms are more like a tough guy you know chewing up the keys and stuff uh, chewing up the whistle at the end and just doing all those weird
0: it. he weird, it and yeah. makes a whistle
1: sound <laughs> makes a little whistle sound on the way down and like doing weird things like hanging upside down on the fence and then like slowly straightening up his, you know just weird tough guy are you crying that's none of your... You know, that all that stuff. very John Chris Fellucci, Ren and Stimpy. But, I mean, he looks like the character Mr. Horse from Ren and Stimpy. And I think he's, like, sort of their tribute to that sort of character. He looks like the football player Terry Bradshaw, too.
0: <laughs> I, I just like that moment where he drinks the water and just pauses and looks at Dipper and just slowly licks it off his lips. Oh, <laughs> My no- I have a note here that says Mr. Pulchek might just be the scariest thing in this town.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, no, there you know, Mr. Pulchek's like I don't know if we ever see him again, but he's one of those characters like once you start getting to know his character you you see him like you'll see his eyes glaze over and drift off to and then, then I was in numb and I had to chew my way out of you know but I'm five hundred miles out. of 500 miles of enemy fire and I was eating groundhogs as I walked along, you know, to to keep my... uh,
0: I squeezed through 12 pool filters just to escape. Yeah. I actually, uh, to kind of give a little future glimpse, this is actually Mr. Poolcheck's second appearance. He's already been in the show once.
1: Uh But he was a
0: background character, and we'll get to that.
1: There might be a dark side to Mr. Poolcheck because he got the kid in in (laughs) solitary confinement (laughs) who's... (laughs) Where and they through his... the winter and stuff.
0: Where are his parents? I'm so worried about that child.
1: He's on a milk carton is where he is.
0: Where is he? It's like... I, and he's like are- some kid who was
1: like they sent him down the store to get milk and then he's like oh the pool i'm gonna go to the pool and then he spilled the milk in there and mr Poolcheck put him in solitary confinement and that was four years ago and he apparently people are
0: aware of it because the other kids in pool ch- uh, in, in pool jail know that there's solitary so people knows he's down there
1: if they really wanted to that gag at the end of him and, and like and, you know, it's the 4th of July because you see the fireworks in the, <laughs> reflected in the pool and stuff. But if they really wanted to, like, really drive that gag home, they should have had his hair growing, too. His hair should have just kept getting longer and
0: longer.
1: <laughs> <since he laughs> I mean, he's like, a little kid, so he couldn't grow a beard. But it would have been just funny seeing his hair get longer and longer.
0: And just like the little line of, like, when Mabel gets Mermando out, he's just like, go on, Mabel. Not all of us get out. I was like, where are your parents, child? I'm so worried about you. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good gag. Something I thought was great about this, too, is we- we've seen this plot a few times about the twins are facing off against their own desires. We saw a lot of this, a bit of this in Summer weaned, and we saw it in Little Dipper. Um, oh, what's the episode? Oh, uh, what was the, that? Not b- the one before... I planned this in my head. I didn't write it down. But we've seen... Oh, A Time Traveler's Pig. That's the one I was looking for. Where we've seen a lot of stories where the twins are facing off, where one or the other will win and the other one will lose. But to me, what made this one so unique is in this situation, they both lose because Dipper loses his job to hang out with Wendy all summer, which, of course, Wendy lost her job too. But uh, Mabel loses Mermando. But what I liked about the twist on this compared to other episodes is they both chose to lose because it was to help someone else. They both gave up what they wanted because it was the right thing to do to get Mermando home, and I thought that was a really great lesson because, it, and that was a really big thing for them because they both recognized like if we don't help this person, we are keeping him from his home.
1: I think Dipper was, I think I'm sure he was sort of of that opinion too, but I think he did it more out of like I'm gonna help Mabel out with her friend. She's got yeah. this thing going on with her little boy, her their little mermaid boyfriend, so mermaid boyfriend so I'm gonna so I'll help out I'll take one for the team for it
0: there's also a tiny revelation in there because when they're at the lake and and Dipper's not wanting to give up the megaphone thing Mabel point blank asked Dipper do you know what it feels like to fall for a person even though you know in your heart that it won't work out and you see Dipper he doesn't say anything but you see him think about it. You know he's thinking about Wendy. And then he's just very quietly and silently hands over the megaphone. And I think that's a huge moment for Dipper. Because he is aware that he and Wendy probably won't work out. So while he's still in this crushed storyline, he subconsciously knows it. He knows that it's not going to work. And that's a I think that's a really big moment for him.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about Mermando? <laughs> I love Mermando. He's my favorite of, Ma- of Mabel's crushes. I love Murmando,
1: him. I knew Mermando. You knew a Merman? His, his name was Her- Humberto. And, you knew
0: uh, a Merman
1: named Humberto? Humberto. He worked at the Mexican restaurant with me. He was he was from Mexico, and he was married to this girl, Nicole. They were the cutest little married couple. She was this little little tiny blonde girl, and he was... The, but, He was a little little, tiny mexican guy who looked like romando he had the long hair and the little wispy mustache beard and he was very like quiet and soft-spoken and just sort of just sort of humble and and friendly and yeah i mean that romando and humberto reminded me were were very sim very similar characters and i like that they didn't make him like they, they played the elements of the Latin lover thing. You know, he's got the guitar and the story. And, you know, no, you must not and swim over to the other side of the pool and stuff. But it was a very thin veneer of that. It was mm-hmm. just sort of there to, to put gags on. But his character was just a very just generally for, for a 22 minute cartoon. He, he might have actually been a more aggressive personality, but it really captured that he was like totally out of his element he was completely out of his element and just sort of like stuck there
0: that's why i kind of really like the writing of this episode because in 22 minutes they establish this really great character like in what a 30 second sequence we get his backstory but it's so deep and we see that he's such a gracious character like when the forest animals come and they save him and he's very (laughs) gracious to them
1: it's it can only be so deep but they know how to sketch sketch it in more than you would normally a character in that with with, like with little touches like the forest animals and you know just little lines here and there so with just 20 minutes of little little sketching things they they just manage to uh get a really you get a really good idea of his character and his history and stuff
0: and i like him because I, i like him and mabel together Because they're both weird, but they both acknowledge that they're both kind of weird, and that's what makes them so charming together. Because she's a weird kid, and he's a merman, so they go, like, and they enjoy, like, little things, like, brushing each other's hair. I find them absolutely charming together, and I love them so much. They do a really good job, like you were saying, that while it's played off as gags, like, showing how trapped he is, but I love his little fish stuff, like... The moment he's outside of water, he just goes from human to fish. <laughs> he just, he just all human is gone, and he's fish.
1: Or his and, happy dolphin noises.
0: I know, or his sad dolphin noises.
1: <laughs> the happy dolphin noise he does at the end is—I don't know if it originated in the TV show Flipper or if it was—it's just like the Wilhelm scream of stock oh. dolphin noises. But that—that that little chatter piece is. I mean, used. I mean, it's burned into my head from when I was a little kid. That is that. It's one of Flipper's lines from. Yep. If, if you've ever seen Flipper.
0: I I grew up watching Flipper too when I was. Oh, a kid.
1: okay. So so you. Know I,
0: I was watching the the re-airings on Nickelodeon of Flipper.
1: Flipper, Flipper, faster than lightning. Because no one you see Flipper, is.
0: Flipper, faster than lightning. Flipper.
1: No one you see is smarter than he. And I, I, I mean, it's great how he lives in a world full of wonder flying there under under the sea
0: (laughs) but yeah I I like a lot of just I think they do a really good job of making Mermando just weird enough for Mabel but still charming enough as well but I love his fish gags like there's one time where she grabs her face and he's like my gills I can't breathe (laughs) and
1: just covering my gills
0: He just has these, like, little fish things that he does that just makes it so funny. Like, I I absolutely love Mermando. I think he's a great character. I I adore him so much. And just him and Mabel together. And, And Mabel's selflessness, like, though that one moment when she's showing him the scrapbook. And she's just like, look at my legs that I use for walking. This is us kickboxing. Don't you love legs? But he, like, loves her creativity, too. Like, she wants to make him fish sticks legs, and he's just like, I'm intrigued. I'm like, oh, I love you both. You're so cute. Mabel would get a merman as a boyfriend. And apparently she had a cute vampire adventure that she didn't tell Dipper about. Mm. There's definitely fan art of that, of her vampire adventure that we don't know about. (laughs) One of my favorite gags that the more I thought about it was just such a Pines family thing is that every member of the Pines family plus Seuss breaks into the pool. Because I started thinking about this, is Dipper more than likely was just like, all right, Grunkle Stan, I'm going out to my job at the pool tonight. And because when Stan arrives, he's surprised to see Dipper, which means he didn't listen to Dipper when Dipper left the house on his own.
1: (laughs) No, they're they're all just set on their own missions. He's obsessed with, you know. Getting the chair. Yeah, getting the chair from Gideon
0: which means because he's trying to get the chair for Gideon, he doesn't see Mabel steal the golf cart. And then Seuss just climbs the fence. Like, I was like, this is prime Pine's family writing. Like, this is so in character for all of them, and I love it. The last little Dipper line I had, though, which I like, it's, it's just a small little detail, is this is in the scene where Dipper just, decided to try and be associate lifeguard. And Wendy says something like, ratio to the no running sign and they're running and then Mr. Polchek looks over. I like that scene because Dipper wants to learn how to break the rules to hang out with Wendy. But when he sees that Mr. Polchek is watching, he stops immediately and starts walking. And we can see that like breaking the rules is still very clearly uncomfortable for him. And that just felt very Dipper to me.
1: Mr. Poolcheck is also a crazy person, <laughs> insanely frightening too. So actually, I don't know. I imagine if they had interaction more interaction with Mr. Poolcheck and Wendy, that she would probably not be intimidated by him.
0: Yeah, I actually really like Wendy in the stuff like this too, because Dipper is clearly petrified of this man, and De- and Wendy's just like. Yeah, he's my weird boss. I my other boss is. Well, Stan the first thing Pied. she did
1: was yeah, she hit Stan in the face with a water balloon as soon as he walked in, you know, and she yeah. put him in jail.
0: I'm sure, and I mean, look at Wendy's dad. It's Manly Dan the lumberjack. i right. Mr. Polchak is nothing to her. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, she, I mean, her dad, like, if you want to, if those characters are the stereotype characters, her dad's probably very, her dad and mom are probably, like, don't put a lot of pressure on her, but her brothers are the ones, she has to keep up with her brothers and like keep pace with them so that's that's what makes her not intimidated by stuff
0: <laughs> sadly um alex Hirsch has confirmed like in reddit ama is that uh wendy's mother has passed away so she oh, actually doesn't have a mom so okay. she's she's the only girl with like three brothers and a in manly dan as a dad yeah
1: so yeah so. right so there you go
0: I like how unfazed Wendy is by Mr. Polchak. She's just like, well, I hang out with my dad and then Grunk will stay on all day. So Mr. Polchak is nothing. (laughs)
1: Yeah, he's probably just like one of the guys that comes over and plays poker with her dad every week.
0: Probably. My other two notes was, I like how in the beginning when Mabel first sees Mermando... I, it got me thinking about Seuss in relation to the twins and their crushes. Like Seuss is so supportive of their little young love and encouraging them because, you know, he probably recognizes like young love. It's very important. And he's the one that tells Mabel to go to Mermando. So Seuss is actually kind of the anxiety interest incident of the story where he's like, Mabel, you should go hang out with him. Like go on. Yeah. And I like that. Seuss is just so supportive of the twins and I started thinking about it. At no point does he ever put down Dipper for having a crush on Wendy. He's like, no, go live your experiences, children. Live freely. And I'm like, I love you, Seuss.
1: And he's got whitey tidies on at the beginning.
0: Oh, yeah, because
1: they're... All- <laughs> whitey tidies, yeah.
0: They're all laying in the heat of the mystery shack. I forgot about that. I, I thought you meant at the pool and I was like, what? Uh, <laughs> Why is Seuss laying in their house?
1: Bl- <laughs> bl- yeah, yeah, yeah. Blind the kids, no good, but... Adult guy laying on the floor in his whitey tidies is okay. <laughs> of course, they made him face the wall, so it wasn't the front of the wall. You didn't see the front of the whitey tidies anyway.
0: Um, and the only other note is, I started thinking because they're kids, of course they would have a high-speed golf cart chase because they're not old enough to drive. but i would love like a little gag because golf carts don't really go that fast but it looks like they're in a high-speed chase so i would love like a pan out shot where they're just going like 10 miles down the road (laughs) i thought that would be a really fun missed gag where it looks like we're going super fast and Dipper's throwing water balloons and you see a pan out shot and they're just like
1: crawling down the road people are passing them on their bikes
0: The old lady, Lazy Susan, is just like walking by them as they're going, (laughs) just passing them. I thought that would have been a great gag.
1: I've gotten a golf cart going about 20 miles an hour, I think. That's not bad. Not bad at all. Downhill, maybe
0: 23.
1: Yeah, right, 23 to 25, I'll bet. Yeah, sure.
0: I don't think I've ever driven a golf cart, now that I think about it.
1: When I worked at this one, one place, we used to do a lot of street festivals that were right down the street from the restaurant. The greatest job was running food back and forth between the restaurant and the and our setup in the golf cart. Because everybody had to get out of you coming through golf cart, meat meat meep. Coming through, <laughs> hot potatoes. Driving, just driving down the roads of the city. in the golf cart, no license. Nobody, the cops are like, hey, it's a golf cart. It's got potatoes.
0: Yeah, I I don't I know I've ridden golf carts, but I've never driven one. Oh, I need to drive a golf cart. Bucket list.
1: <laughs> not much a, to it.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's all I have for this episode. Did you have anything else? No, not really. Well, now for our next part. When it comes to reading from Dipper's Journal this week, there is an entry about Mermando. The only thing is it's tied in with next week's episode. So... I'm going to hold off reading the Mermando entry because it does have spoilers for next week as well. So instead, I'm going to read from another entry. Back in the episode Little Dipper, which was the shape-shifting episode where they were changing, like, sizes and heights and stuff like that, there was that joke about Dipper or about Mabel wanting to know how Dipper got bigger and she was like, is there an invisible wizard in the closet? And she opens the closet door and she's like, he's invisible. Do you remember that joke? Yes, I do. Well, at the time, because the journal number three is like 200 pages long. So I'm still going through it. I didn't know this. There's actually an entry for an invisible wizard.
1: Oh, we were talking about that.
0: Yeah, I didn't know this at the time of the episode. So I'm going to hold off on Murmando until next week. And I'm going to read the journal entry for... The invisible wizard also right beside it there's a there's a character called the abominable bro man
1: the abominable bro man okay
0: bro man and they,
1: they like those they like those gender jokes on the monsters they're pretty funny
0: yeah um and it has a picture of a yeti in cutoffs and with sunglasses holding a pit cola but my favorite part is part of his arm is shaved so he can have a tribal band tattoo he, on his he arm He can
1: have his tat yeah
0: Yep. (laughs) So anyway, here's the entry, and this is from the point of view of the author for the invisible wizard. Pointy hat! With a hat like that, he has to be a wizard. Look at that ridiculous thing. Don't believe your eyes? Good. You don't have to. The bizarre sorcerer is completely impossible to see with the naked eye. However, with night vision goggles, I was able to get a brief glance of him trying on my shirts in my closet. He later turned my goggles into a bat. Piercing blue eyes, chiseled cheekbones, could be a model if he wasn't invisible. Glowing rainbow wand. The wand is really quite beautiful. Just stare at it. He has a belt of potions. This must be what he drinks to stay invisible and possibly to teleport through time. I don't know where he's from, but judging by the smell, I'm going to say it was a time where they hadn't invented showers yet. Why is he in my closet? How do I get rid of him? I may need to find another wizard to perform the Wizorum. See those notes in journal number two. I like the fact that
1: he's a beautiful wizard, but he's invisible. <laughs> he's in the closet with a rainbow wand.
0: I know. Oh my gosh, it's Dumbledore. Dumbledore! <laughs> Do you want to hear the Bro Man since I have it open? Sure. So this is also from the author. What I would have given to find an actual yeti on or Bigfoot. Instead, the only cryptid I've discovered in the local peaks is the obnoxious, soda-swilling ape beast who, who can only say, Bro! Righteous! and chill. I assume he ate hikers and stole his frayed baseball cap and cargo shorts and has since been emulating him. That's the gross bro-man.
1: So It's a kid's book, so it would have been beer if it wasn't a kid's book.
0: Oh, I know. There's a weird. lot of times where they're like, let's drink this bad apple juice.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: There's the portal potty.
1: Portal yeah. potties. I've run into several portal potties in fiction. <laughs>
0: I'm and, a and, serious? And actually
1: a John Chris Felucci and the ripping friends. They had a guy and I think his name was future man. And he had future cat and future cat had this. <laughs> he had a, a transportation thing hooked to his butt. So when he pooped, and then he had another one over the litter box. So you would see the cat, and the cat would just go, Arr! and then you'd see like a poop come out of the portal into the into the litter box. That was one poop portal. <laughs> and, and the other was in Chester Brown comic book. And it, it started out as a just sort of like a one-page panel gag called The Guy Who Couldn't Stop, and it's a guy sitting on a toilet, and he's just sitting there and sitting there and sitting there, and he goes, oh, I can't stop. And that was the last panel. But then mm. he worked him into this whole story where the guy couldn't stop pooping. But what was happening is in another dimension, they, they couldn't get rid of their waste. So they found this little hole that led into our dimension and they started ship, pumping the poop through it. But that hole was the guy's butt. His butt was a portal to another dimension that was just getting rid of all their poop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the port- so, yeah. So, yeah. The portal potty, a mysterious system of space-warping outhouses, seems to be strategically spreading through the town's forest. I was able to successfully use one to transport myself, but wound up, but wound up in the middle of the desert and had to hitchhike home. No idea how I how, who created them, but I'm never going to go in one again. Sometimes it's best just to hold it.
1: <laughs> you know what? There was a, in the sequel to John Dies at the End by David Wang. They used they had a, a set of Porta Johns that you got in one Porta John and it and you got out in a different Porta John in a different place. You guys learn
0: get to learn so many random pop culture references on the show. Well, time for my favorite part: Chris's speculations and theories corner.
1: I think we're gonna see at some point um, Mabel summon an army of mermen and mermaids to their aid okay seeing as how she's still in contact with romando and they can she can send a bottle out to him
0: i forgot to mention i love that part too where all the bottles just kind of like pop out of the the filter and i was like yeah look at them they're so cute she's just so happy (laughs) i forgot to mention that too
1: i know if if that kid if the kid in uh in solitary confinement was smart he would grab one of those bottles and send her a bottle of his own at first i thought that's what was gonna happen i thought first it was going to be solitary confinement kid was going to be like mabel
0: <laughs> now that i think about it if mermando was living in the pool i wonder if like mermando and that kid you know talked that was, at night
1: were hanging out and stuff yeah possible very possible
0: <laughs> mermando sends mabel a bottle it's just like please free timmy from solitary please he's getting cold <laughs> and then she forgets and poor timmy is in there for another year did you have any other speculations
1: no that's about it
0: this one's pretty straightforward like there's nothing like crazy lore in this one
1: I mean, it's got you know, it's, it didn't really like.
0: You didn't really didn't... talk about Gideon much.
1: But... Well, it had so much story with the main characters that, like, you had you had Old Man Scuggins and you had like Gidim Guy show up, but they didn't do a whole lot of like focus on the on the rest of the town around you know the other people around the pool. Yeah, so...
0: I mean, we did have Gideon, but that was more just kind of building Gideon and Stan's rivalry a little He's... bit more.
1: Yeah, and he's becoming one of the main characters, too. He's becoming Mm -hmm. less one of the ancillary characters in, like, the main foil now. I love their
0: drama of just fighting over a a pool chair.
1: Yeah, yeah. They just like to fight, that's all. They both Mm -hmm. like to fight each other, so pool chair will do.
0: Then in that case, on to the next part. The cypher corners and connections to previous episodes. So there are two connections to previous episodes. Number one, the mer people were actually hinted at in the episode "Dipper vs. Manliness," because Hutzpah, the Manatars says the gnomes live in the forest, the mer people live in the sea, and we live in the man cave. Oh. Uh, so it was.
1: Hinted thought at. it was just a throwaway gag. No, they are not all three of them. Yep, all three yep. of them.
0: It's funny how much... It's kind of like the Bottomless Pit when Dipper was like, Hey, Robbie, go jump in the Bottomless Pit. And then three episodes later, there's a Bottomless Pit episode. <laughs> and as I mentioned earlier, in the last episode, Bottomless Pit, during Dipper's story voiceover, Mr. Pulchek is one of the patrons in the bar. So when they're all just like, There's a prank caller on the loose, and they all run out of the bar, Mr. Pulchek was one of those characters that was chasing Dipper down the street. Ooh. Yeah. I actually forgot he was in that episode. And I was like, hey, that's Mr. Polchek. He's next week. Add this to my list. <laughs> and as always, there's a cryptogram at the end of every episode, and once it's deciphered, it reads. <clears throat> Viven los patos de la piscina, which is Spanish for. Long live the pool ducks.
1: Ooh.
0: I've actually been teaching myself Spanish, so I was like, I get to read this in Spanish. I only. But I have yet to learn the word for pool, so I don't know if it's piscina or patina. But I'm pretty sure it's piscina.
1: It is piscina. Piscina. I, I would have <laughs> only, only maybe figured out ducks because Vivan of uh, Vivan
0: is a uh, way to say it, it's it's kind of like Viva, like Viva, Lo, uh, like Viva Las Vegas.
1: Oh, um, Viva. Okay, so that's long live Los. Okay. Potos. Yeah. La,
0: yeah. Patos is ducks. Oh. So, of the
1: pool.
0: that's what it is. De la is, that's what it says. It's long, it's live long ducks of the pool, which is, because um, in Spanish you put adjectives after it, so if you're saying, like, yeah. a fish sandwich, what you're actually saying is a, fa- a sandwich of fish. Wow. Well, I would like to take a moment. and take a drink here. I would love to take a moment to thank my wonderful patrons.
1: <clears throat>
0: I'm not doing this every episode, you guys. I'm just going to say this now. To my patrons... There once was an evil queen named Hope Molinax. With her equally evil co-podcaster Chris Honeywell, they would ravage the kingdom in their horrible sounds of their podcasts. The townspeople were in fear of their raunchy jokes, burps and farts, and horrific puns. All hope seemed lost. That is until one day, a group of heroes arrived from the country of Patreon. Patreon. These individuals, full of valor, stormed the evil castle. There was Bree and Alex, whose love broke through all of the evil podcasting black magic. Sprinting across the drawbridge, Billy and Kate used their impressive mace-wielding skills to slay the guards. Scaling the watchtower, Heather rained down arrows into the courtyard to clear a path. Riding in on her noble Pegasus Carmilla, which is the name of my cat, the Mage Lynn summoned up lightning and blew open the front door. Rushing in, the rogues Brian and Patrick found the evil podcasters recording in their soundproof lair. Since it was soundproof, they never heard the heroes coming. And together, these heroes rid the world of the bad guys. Thank you, wonderful patrons from Patreon. Thank you.
1: That was yeah, great. Thanks. Uh, I'm not
0: doing that every episode.
1: <laughs> well, I'd say you didn't mention the genius part in there, but okay, that's fine.
0: The evil, equally evil, and genius co-podcaster Chris Honeywell, who's also the brains of the operation, while Hope does the editing work. <laughs> no, I was thinking, I think it'd be fun, like, every time I get a new patron to write a little story, and I was thinking of a bunch of different ones, like... High school drama. What if all my patrons were cats? <laughs> like stuff like that. So, you know, <laughs> I thought it'd be fun every time I, I get like a new patron. to think of
1: our patrons as our kitty cats.
0: And then Billy was like, "I'm just gonna play with this string." Meow 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 meow. And then Kate was like, "Oh, that string is awesome, but look at this water." Clap clap clap. <laughs> and then Patrick was like, "Hey guys, can I complain? Oh, bird." I can't do the Patrick Del Moore voice like you can. <laughs> but you guys, thank you so much for being my patrons. Um yeah, yeah every time I get a ma- new patron, I might write, write a little story, but I just want to do something a little bit different other than just being like, thank you to blah 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 blah. That's not fun. All right. Well, did you have anything
1: else for the deep end? No. What are your final thoughts of the episode, Chris? I liked it. It's not one of my favorites, but I liked it. It was more charming than like hilarious.
0: Yeah a good way of putting it i could see that i like this episode a lot this is actually i wouldn't say one of my favorites but it's up there for me i think it's a really well-written episode i think it's firing a lot of, on a lot of cylinders i like that the a plots and the b plots and then a little bit of the c plots mixed together romando is just so charming like you said mr polchek is scary as hell <laughs> but he's a great character and i thought this was a fun one so well, where can people find you,
1: Chris? You can find me at TwoTrueFreaks.com. That's where we keep all our, it's sort of like our hidden fortress of podcasts. All of our podcasts, including the one Hope and I do together, uh, Jay Guys and Jedi, where we've just wrapped up pretty much. The Star
0: Wars Rebels, by the time we, we this comes out, we'll be probably in Clone Wars by the time this one comes out.
1: We'll be in the process of wrapping up Clone Wars for the second time. Can also find us on facebook we got the two true freaks podcast and the two true freaks cantina and we are also on twitter if you look for two true freaks that would be gene gene the twitter machine who runs that gene and yeah that's pretty much where you can find me i know you've already found hope for this but there's so many other places you can find her
0: you can of course find me on GeekyGirlExperience.com. this is the animation podcast for that website Um, I'm writing all sorts of reviews probably by the time this episode comes out I'll be completed with it but part of August um, I'm participating in what's called uh, Remembering Resistance which is for Star Wars Resistance and I'm planning out to write several articles to remember the show Star Wars Resistance so I'll be participating in that. I'm also doing weekly reviews of The Owl House which I'm having a lot of fun doing of course Hope Makes Trust Watch cartoons is on there as well so you can go over there and see my reviews and thought pieces and editorials. Of course, if you're listening to this, and you're listening to this on either Spotify or Podbean or Apple Podcasts, you're actually two months behind because I have a Patreon, as I mentioned my patrons. And you can be two months ahead of everybody else. It's $7 a month to get homemade Chris Watch cartoons on there. And you also get behind-the-scenes content. I post all sorts of a lot of extra material from the show on Patreon, like chris going through a speakeasy and us talking about our cats and us discussing the mandalorian and all sorts of stuff that you can't find in this episode so make sure you check out the patreon and that's at patreon.com slash geeky girl experience as chris said we have j guys and jedi and i run our twitter for that at j guys and jedi and you can also find me at hope molinax on twitter and yeah and if you like this show, guys, the best way to help this show grow is just share it. Tell a friend. Let people know that you like the show. Write us reviews on iTunes. That's another great way to help us move up in those little rankings. And it helps people find us. And yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Tell a friend. Well, you want to know next week's episode? Yeah. Next week's episode is actually another personal favorite of mine. You ready? Carpet Diem.
1: Carpet Diem.
0: Carpet Diem.
1: I wonder if he gets a flying carpet. Aladdin style, maybe it's a parody of Aladdin. Carpet day.
0: Seize the day.
1: Well, that's carpe diem. Yeah. Carpet diem. You said carpet diem, right? Yep, like a
0: uh, floor, flooring carpet. Yeah. Carpet yeah, diem.
1: Yeah. I'm predicting it's a, it's some sort of flying carpet like Aladdin.
0: Well, we'll have to see you next week.
1: Why? Yes, we will.
0: Then I guess we will talk to <laughs> you guys then.
1: Guess we will do that.
0: Fine, be that way, Chris.
1: I okay. I will.
0: Okay, well bye guys. <laughs> bye guys. I love when I set up bits and like neither of us are expl- like are expecting it. And we're just like, Are we are we doing a bit? <laughs> Let's go I guess I don't uh. <laughs> Sometimes you do a bit on J guys and Jedi. Like like last night when we were recording, I'm like, I don't know if Chris is trolling or being serious right
1: now. <laughs> yeah, that's The fun of it.
0: Hey guys, did you know that you were actually two months behind on Hope Makes Chris Watch cartoons? My patrons over on Patreon have access to more episodes of this show as well as behind-the-scene content. Patreon is a great way for you to support this podcast and my website, Geeky Girl Experience, with multiple tiers of content that you can choose from. If you become a patron, you'll get your name shouted out in the episodes, as well as my never-ending gratitude. You can sign up today at www.patreon.com slash geekygirlexperience. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time, and I love you guys. Bye.